0: Hi, I'm Tony Heath.
1: And I'm Joe Heath.
0: And this is Burn Notice Noticed.
1: Your favorite podcast about your other favorite podcast.
2: I'm Bree Castellini. I used to be a spy.
3: I'm Chris Cherry. I used to know things to say after this.
2: And this is Burn Noticed. Wait, hang on, there was another intro before us, something happened. Who's that?
3: What ho, guests? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean guests? You're the guests. <gasps> We're the hosts now. Wait a minute. This is familiar. This is this another burn notice notice burn notice crossover bonus? Yes. Say that five but, times fast.
1: It's a burn notice notice burn notice crossover podcast. bonus. Kind of you Damn it!
0: You were, did, I tried you, so hard. Scan it amazingly well, but
1: yeah. Yeah, uh, we're here to interrogate you guys, I think.
0: And we're here to and interrogate we're here you guys. To
3: interrogate you. It's a
1: cross interrogation.
0: Why you guys like that?
1: Yeah. We, I mean, a are question.
2: <laughs> oh no! There's just like the a slight bit of lag, so Chris and I keep saying like roughly the same joke, but like half a second <laughs> apart.
1: Which one of you is the bad cop?
2: Probably me. I mean,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I asked that question. To be fair, aren't all cops bad? Yes.
2: All All cops cops are are bastards. People have been Uh, liking and retweeting the posts that I put up that are, frankly, very uh, anti-cop on our Twitter account. So, you know, that's something. See, we That's seem good. to have not at least thought, vocally yeah. lost. We ha- we haven't at least vocally lost okay. any listeners as a result of our extremely inflammatory final two episodes of the season.
3: Nor have we lost uh, any uh, uh, transphobic listeners.
2: At least vocally. Again, like nobody's saying anything to us. The only time anyone has vocally stopped listening to us other than like Reddit people is that one cop. But that was for like two seasons ago. And it's like, oh, bud, we've got so much more to plumb. We've got the depths (laughs) that you can't believe. Uh, But anyways, Um, welcome back, Burn Notice Notice. Joe and Tony, our favorite podcasters who used to recap our podcast episode by episode and now just join us after each season. How are you guys doing? How are you holding up?
3: You know. Yeah. eh, 2020.
2: Yeah, the the consensus Let's, is consistent. Oh God, is
3: it still 2020?
2: Yeah. Yup.
1: Wow. I I don't know if you guys have seen the new trailer for Bill and Ted Face the Music, but there's a there's a line of dialogue at the end that sort of sums up how I feel. Which uh, uh, Bill and Ted meet their their daughters and are like, "How are you guys doing?" And they're like, "Well, we're dead and we're in hell." yeah but how are you
3: doing (laughs) oh we're good (laughs) and like that's 2020
2: (laughs) yeah it definitely does it really is but it's fine
4: bill and ted 3 is the only
3: thing that's keeping joe going (laughs) it truly is god i'm so excited
2: i have never (laughs) seen a bill or ted uh, i i honestly could not even give you like a fake plot recap i know so little about it
1: first one's time travel second one they die yeah so
2: that's rough buddy
3: Oh no, it gets bad very good.
2: That's no, that's an yeah. Avatar quote. That's what I'm that's the shit I'm on right now. Avatar <laughs> no, no, and no, Avatar the too. Americans. It's Avatar the last Airbender oh, Are you Airbender watching the, the Americans? Americans? I've I've seen the Americans, I just haven't gotten as far as I currently am. So like I, I had seen like the first oh. three seasons ages ago, like back when we were all still in grad school, um, because they they filmed near us. Yeah. Did so now I'm watching another I better it? spy show. <laughs> I don't know if we yeah, watched it at like, the same uh, time.
1: This is actually one of the questions I was going to ask you. Um, isn't just like every show better than Burn Notice?
0: How <laughs> dare That's you. the energy you're going to
2: start with on this Burn Notice podcast? Definitely not. Have you seen Rizzoli and Isles? That shit's terrible. I have not seen Yeah, it.
3: there are worse television shows than Burn Notice, and I'm going to go yeah, that's true. on record as saying that. And you can quote I'm gonna me gonna on go
2: that.
1: I mean that's fair, but I will say it's probably the worst show that I'm currently watching.
2: I mean that's not that's hard. valid. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I don't watch a lot of television to be shows. Fair,
0: we're watching that's a lot true. of very good shows. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Why
3: would you watch the bad ones?
1: Because you were doing a podcast about them, I guess.
2: <laughs> so, uh, energy set for the podcast. <laughs> Joe, how about you give us a recap uh, and reflections on this season? Because as per usual, uh, once there was no longer a podcast to do every week, Tony does not listen to our podcast. She listened to a couple episodes, but Joe is the only true fan here. Because Chris and I certainly aren't true Mm. fans. Uh, So Joe, please take it away.
3: I can't stand us. (laughs) That's the
2: real problem. We are the worst part about our podcast.
1: Am I recapping Burn Notice or Burn Noticed? Burn Noticed. Both. With D?
2: yeah with and i re- don't
1: honestly remember
2: with and without the date.
0: well we watched like the we just listened to like the first and the last one
1: yeah so you know what happened <laughs> uh they watched brie and chris watched burn notice season three uh-huh. and they had various opinions about it
0: yeah
1: uh some contradictory opinions occasionally um And we'll get to that. Like,
0: they contradicted their own opinions?
1: No, they contradicted each other's opinions. There was some... We were not uh, in lockstep. Always. See, I don't feel like this season of Burn Noticed had as clear of a narrative through line, necessarily. There definitely was some subplots going on, like the pandemic. um, Sure. Or uh, uh, Chris coming out. Right. Um so there was some like little stuff here and there, but like uh so that those things happened. The pandemic. I don't know if you've heard about it. Uh that there was also Chris police violence, episode. don't forget. Police police violence, yes. That was a uh, much poli- shorter That's thread. closer to the end. Yeah.
2: It was only yeah. the last two episodes. It's like they
1: kinda just they kinda just threw it into like the last episode, like And like,
0: honestly it's like one too many
1: things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like throw in Garrett Dillahunt and something. <laughs> um Unless us see what else uh there was somewhat of a dynamic shift I feel like this season Chris defended a lot more episodes that mm-hmm. Bree just was sure. shitting all over
4: sure
1: whereas I feel like before it would have been the opposite you have feelings about that
0: I have suspicions go ahead I just I just I just don't know how much it's genuine when that was like one of the the things of like one of the burn notice notice like Criteria,
1: criteria
0: yeah was like
1: dynamic shift was a
0: dynamic shift and then all of a sudden it was like whoa our dynamic sure is shifting a whole bunch two seasons it?
2: later <laughs> like for, season for what two, it's it was worth, too much pressure I
3: never in my life have done anything intentionally
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah can confirm um, so here's my suspicion about this um because like what is genuine you know what is time what is genuine who are we what is humanity but uh-huh. like i think uh-huh. that uh-huh. given that my <laughs> no given that my experience uh-huh. of this dynamic shift has been true enough to what my understanding of truth is i think what it is is that i came into burn notice like with a much fonder memory. I like procedurals more. I like this type of procedural more. I like spy stuff more. So I came into this show like wanting to defend it because I knew Chris would be a little bit harder on it. And I think Chris came into this show being like, I mean, it was fun. And this podcast sounds funny, so sure. But over the course of the show, she has been impressed more because she had much lower standards. And I have been impressed less because I had slightly higher standards because I really wanted to find like stuff that I liked about it. And when a sh- an episode didn't give me what I was hoping for so that I could be like, ha, see, this is a great television show, um, I was a little bit harder. So I think what's just happened is that we've settled into our groove of watching Burn Notice, and Chris doesn't have to look as hard to find good things because she- so few things she previously saw were good. Uh, and I, I'm looking for a little bit more. Chris, would you say that's I semi- I will accurate? say,
3: I think impressed is a strong word. <laughs> but otherwise, I, I agree with that assessment.
1: I, I want to tack on that possibly also, Bree, you're probably looking for it to fit into a procedural mold a little bit more than Chris is. Uh, whereas when it breaks out of the procedural mold is when Chris is like,
3: yeah.
2: I mean, I don't know. Yeah, a I desperately I, do not I, want it
3: to be a procedural.
2: I want it to be a better procedural. Like, my thing is that I have watched so much procedural television. I know how you can do it well and still have fun and still have, like, satisfying character arcs and plot arcs. And they're not doing mm-hmm. that. And that frustrates me. Like, there seems to be a real disinterest from the top down to tell interesting stories. Like, they just, like, they want to make Cargo Boom. And it's like, but I want more than that. And I know you can do it. You have all shown glimmers, all of you writers, have shown glimmers of, like, competence in storytelling. But on a macro level, you seem disinterested in having it, like, be a consistent thread. And that's frustrating because it doesn't have to be that way. Bird Notice could be a much better show than it is. And it has all of the things that it needs. And it just refuses for some reason. And I find that frustrating.
3: I do it think
1: he has too many things, uh, Matt Nix. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Michael I Horowitz has think... continued listening to our show, by the way. Uh, at least the episode, yeah. the next episode that came out about his episode. Apparently, he listened to it with his family, where he listened to the episode that we were like, so Michael Horowitz hates us, and we promise it has nothing to do with the fact that we didn't like this new episode. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, it was funny We were like, ah okay." I don't think he'll listen to this It episode, makes me though.
3: feel better about that whole affair Which was also a plot point that Joe did not mention
2: Yeah, the fact that, that we true. almost that got crazy. our favorite burn notice oh, writer yeah, yeah, yeah. to get on the show
1: Yes, 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 yes They almost got a guy on the show I was listening like, to that episode Oh, so yeah, she knows So I don't need to recap that <laughs> Do I need to recap the show as well?
0: I well, I listened to the last episode, the le, the last episode of the podcast
1: where, ever. Yes,
0: yeah. where Brie does a pretty comprehensive recap of like the season, mm-hmm. enough for me to be like, it seems like they uh, burned through a lot of bad guys
2: very quickly. Yeah, they lost the thread yeah. a little.
3: They did, but like at the I same time, like did nothing with them.
2: <laughs>
1: they felt very repetitive too. Like they're so the same. Repetitive. They got rid of a bad guy to bring in so a virtually identical bad guy. Bad guy? <laughs> like, hey, this I'm just gonna I need to work with this guy so I can fix my burn. And then they kill that guy, and then it's like, oh I'm gonna get involved with this other guy who's gonna help me with my burn. And then they kill that guy. And then they redo the season two finale for season three. But worse yeah. and then it's I I likened it to like it was like Reading your second John Green novel, it's just—it's the same thing.
3: But that's good, accurate.
2: <laughs> oh my god! I mostly just wanted uh, to say that joke.
3: <laughs> good, we're I'm coming dumb, for John Green
2: yeah. on Tumblr this podcast. Um, hey,
1: John Green called me a wuss on Tumblr once, so this is just revenge.
2: <laughs> that's hilarious. Good for John Green. True story. So back to burn notice. Or I don't do care about third notice.
3: I care about your opinions about me and Bree and mostly me.
2: <laughs> yeah, honestly, like the thing that Chris and I want more than anything is for you guys to just go through and rank us as people and podcast hosts. We we both ah. desperately miss the like rubric fair or not that we used we used to get every single week. Because even if it wasn't fair, being able to hear ourselves discussed as it things that are important enough to discuss, gives us little perverted tingles.
1: Okay, so...
0: Joe has feedback.
1: No, 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 no. Here's Uh, the thing. Oh, you do? Here's the thing. I feel like maybe we should have talked about what we were doing in this episode before we recorded it. (laughs) So I could have been more prepared for this. Because I was under the assumption that we were doing a look back at season three of Burn Notice sort of thing. Like we were the talking dead. Why? Because that's what we had said last time we recorded one of these episodes is that we would just do a season wrap-up where we were the hosts asking them questions about the season.
0: Yeah.
1: So I didn't think we were still doing the, we're we're reviewing them.
2: That's the only thing we want. It's like the literal only
4: thing we want.
3: I mean, your questions can be informed by your opinions. I also want to say for the record that while I agree with Bree, I am less thirsty about it. (laughs)
2: See, I'm I'm over-thirsting because I know how much Chris wants to thirst after it, but wants to, like, seem aloof.
1: Right. What opinions do I have that you keep hinting at?
0: Uh, You just talked a lot about uh, the podcast and the opinions that you have.
1: (laughs) Thanks for making that more specific. You're
0: welcome. Uh, You have an opinion about who's the better host?
1: Ooh! That seems like
3: rude. Oh my god! We
2: have asked.
3: I I oh my god yeah no I have to know. Okay. (laughs) I think you are both lovely people. (laughs) Oh my god! Here's the thing, and I'm gonna be happy no matter what Joe says.
2: Well, here, Joe. Before you talk, I just want you to know that as a person who is giving us this opinion, you have to replace whichever host doesn't win.
1: Oh God well I don't I don't want to be the
2: ho-
3: it's not host at all. It's so. not winning or losing. It's
2: <laughs> one just, persons opinion. actually no it's you know what's funnier is if Joe has to do a podcast with the worst host, that's better.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Got it. in I order gotta,
3: it's gonna be me to teach it? her to improve. <laughs> you know what sucked about that? what? If I had said in order to teach her to improve, A year ago, that would have been pointed. (laughs) Right. And like. You could have
1: just said to teach Brie to improve.
3: Yeah, but that's like less
2: subtle. Yeah, that's more of a me style (laughs) joke than a Chris style joke. I don't thrive on subtlety. Chris, your
1: transition is ruining your jokes. (laughs) Right? It's a problem. That is a question I have. That's,
2: uh, no, no, no! Wait! No, that's no, no! A question I have. Ask a question later. You have you have you have definitively <laughs> decided try. which of the good burn noticed try. hosts are better. Lay it on us. Okay, okay. I will say I think you
1: are both great hosts
0: of the podcast. Of the
1: podcast, the the the, the, the equally good. The only difference between <laughs> so the two of you. you. I hate you so much. <laughs> I just um, want to point
3: out that. Joe Heath is my best yeah. friend.
1: <laughs> like, you're not going to change my opinion at this point.
4: <laughs> it's uh, too late. No, I
3: just want to give it context.
1: Okay. So, I think when it comes to...
0: You'd have hmm. said this on our podcast, no problem. What Probably. is the difference? Okay.
1: I think... <laughs> Bree rushes through the recap and doesn't let it breathe sometimes like chris wants to go off on tangents and i love the tangents because that's where the interesting stuff happens because i know what happened in burn notice because i watched the episode sort of because i watched like 30 minutes of it on my lunch break and then 30 minutes of it while i'm working (laughs) so or you know half of it while on my lunch break half of it while working on other stuff so i sort of know the plot so i i don't mind the recap parts but like i more prefer when you sort of use the recap to bounce into other stuff or when you're more discussing it instead of just listing off what happens it's like if you list off what happened and then talk about it that's fine but sometimes i feel like chris is you and chris are like talking about something and then and then Bree will say Okay, we gotta we gotta move on. We gotta keep going. Yeah, like, it's no. Because I don't then wanna then edit fun. a three
2: fucking hour podcast, and because we record two at a time, it'll be like a five we hour do record recording two session. at a time. Yeah, we I can't like I respect that opinion. I don't. I don't respect any opinion that says that I'm wrong. But like I I get it. <laughs> Here's Mm -hmm. my thing. So one, yes, I definitely do rush through the recap because like I want like, well, I rush through the parts of the recap that I don't feel like are very rich veins just because like I want to get to the stuff where we discuss like story because what interests me about the podcast Mm -hmm. that we do is like deconstructing like what could have been better or how we would have done something Mm -hmm. or like, you know, predictions like I like talking about the craft of it. So there are parts of the recap Mm -hmm. that aren't, you know, indicative of that. Uh, And also, I don't want to record for seven hours. I don't want to do it. And so sometimes Chris goes on tangents, and I'm like, Chris, this doesn't sound like a very interesting tangent. Can we please move on? Or we've had this tangent for 30 minutes.
3: I just want to say that it makes sense that Joe is biased, considering Mm -hmm. he is my best friend.
2: I will also say, I think that you have a very specific experience with this show in that you also are watching Burn Notice and don't like it. So you don't want us to talk about Burn Notice, (laughs) whereas other listeners like actually like hearing us recap Burn Notice. Um, And so it's funny, Uh, like I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I think that there are differing mm -hmm. like opinions on like what you want to get out of the Burn Notice podcast because like the listener that sent in a bunch of questions to Tony um for or whoever runs your guys's twitter account now um definitely enjoys the recap aspect and like wants to talk about the show itself and then there are other people mostly friends of ours who are like fuck burn notice I just want to hear Brian and Chris talk
3: you you know you should have just said that I was the worst host because I wouldn't have gotten defensive.
2: No, I'm not defensive. <laughs> I think Are that Joe's think? absolutely right that for what he wants out of the podcast, uh, you're the better host for that. I don't disagree with that at all. I also don't disagree with that being a yeah. no, to Brie is not being
3: defensive. She's just defending herself.
2: As a listener, I don't think I would have agreed. I don't. I. I think I would prefer. I remember listening to remember Rose Buddies when Rose Buddies was not uh, whatever the the new one is. That's worse. Um, wonderful griffin McElroy, yeah whenever when griffin McElroy and his wife would recap the bachelor i would get frustrated when and they would deviate from the plot because i'm like i'm not watching the bachelor i'm listening to you guys recap the bachelor so i can hear about it but in funny ways and when they would deviate i'm like yeah this is fine but i want to know what happens in the show so i think that maybe just says something about do you think that anyone is
3: consuming burn notice that way
2: I, at least one or two people uh, who I've talked to have, because they're like, "I'm not." They're like, "Do I have to watch Burn Notice?" I'm like, "No, you don't have to watch Burn Notice in order to listen to this." You know show.
3: what's interesting about that, and what's fascinating to me right now is the question that is going off in my brain, which is, "Is Burn Notice better than The Bachelor?"
2: <laughs> I think it is because people are there for the right reason. Also, there's more um, thank you. Thank you for the snort. That's what I needed. I I mean, can you compare reality shows to scripted television, though?
3: Yes. (laughs) But not this one.
2: Yeah, I I feel like an action-adventure procedural and a reality dating show are probably not very easy to, like... So which one is better? Like, I will say, fundamentally though, because I things.
3: listened to Rose Buddies and that was how I consumed The Bachelor. I was interested in The Bachelor. It did make me interested in The Bachelor.
2: Was it interested enough to actually try to watch it?
3: No, because I didn't yeah, need exactly. to because I listened to the podcast. What I'm saying is I understand what you're saying. And I was wondering if it's if it's just that that is a show that is more easily consumed in that method than Burn Notice is.
2: Probably, yeah, there's um, there's not as many plot points. It's like, what did this person do this episode? Like there were there weren't really threads you were following. It was just like it was it was almost like updates on like, all right, what did Fiona do this weekend? What did what did Sam do this week? You know, and like there there wasn't a lot to like follow.
3: See, ah, I was gonna argue the exact opposite because like since it's not fiction, The Bachelor, the important thing is the things that happen, not the way in which those things were delivered. Like Theoretically, you want burden notice to be delivered in an entertaining way, which you, whereas you don't need that for The Bachelor.
2: Because The Bachelor is inherently Does that make sense? more entertaining?
3: I mean, this is kind of my question. Is The Bachelor inherently more entertaining or is it that it's the kind of show that can be talked about and you get the same level of enjoyment about it because it's the things that are happening that are, like, weirder? I don't know. This is a tangent. How do you feel about this <laughs> tangent, Joe? It's happening right now. Um, what were you going to say?
0: It was, it's not even like relevant anymore. I tried four times a hundred years ago. Oh no, say, say, it sorry. say it now, we'll bring it back. I understand like, I understand Brie a lot because I feel like I play the same role on like our podcast of like, one, I find recording a podcast like emotionally exhausting. <laughs> like mm. when we get done, I'm like, I need a nap. So when we have like, there are a couple of guests that we have on that I'm like, I know it's going to be like a long fucking record session. So, like, those are the people that I'm trying like, they'll go off on bits and I'll be like, okay, that bit's over because I need to go to bed soon.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Tony always liked so my I... the bit is over bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I understand it. I feel it.
1: Right. I do. I, yeah, I, I, I understand that because that is what happens on R- Rassilon. I try to, I've been trying to uh, get rid of the unimportant stuff in the recaps so that we don't have to talk about stuff that's boring. Yeah. Uh like just get hit the high points as we go along. Anything we'd want to talk about, but if there's anything and leave in anything that might need to be said to connect. Like so you just like wait, what? How did those how did that follow that? So but I try to trim out as much of that as possible. I don't always succeed. Um and what's the other thing I was going to say? Also uh shoot my brain just I do think that is while you're
3: thinking that is kind of my goal in recapping and as I'm going through is just zipping through stuff that's clearly boring
2: I mean I think we've both gotten better about that it's just like yeah then they have a scene where they like regroup and talk about it and then we move on
1: and there's no way that I would ever record two podcasts in a row oh god no and also I would not be releasing them weekly I mean, we
2: tried it and we failed. Yeah. I mean, we tried it for a little bit and we were like, that's too much. When we were in person, it was a lot. We were able to move along at a a more clippy pace because I think part of it is just there's not as much waiting. Like, the remote recording has been interesting because even without like a huge delay, there's still enough of a delay where like I'm cutting out a lot of silences where both of us are kind of just like waiting for the other one to make a joke or move on. And we're not, we don't want to step over each other. Uh, so we just, but neither of us have anything to say. So there's just like, okay. So the next one, <laughs> and that happens a lot more than it used to. Um, so and, and because tangents we can't aren't read as... like, yeah, cues. exactly. And so like you... some some of the riffing is less fun now. Uh, just because, like, we're not in person and like joking. Although I do think the riffing makes more sense now because previously we were definitely not so good at like remembering that we're doing a podcast and no one can see us. And so, like, we will kind of just go back and forth and then move on. But, it, like, when you listen back, it's fucking incomprehensible. <laughs> now that we are both forced <laughs> to not be able to see each other when doing that, it's more comprehensible, but slightly less fun. I don't know, Chris, if you've noticed the same thing. Not that it's less fun, you know, overall, like obviously, I still like doing the podcast. I still like talking to Chris every week. But it's definitely different. The way that we engage is different now that we're not in person.
3: Joe wanted to ask a question and then I'll answer that question.
1: Uh, answer your answer the question and then I'll ask
3: my question. Oh,, uh, I was going to say that like, yeah, I have noticed that too. and i I do think in general, and this is a thing that I have always known but have really discovered lately is how exhausting I find mediated communication.
4: Hmm. And, like,
3: like phone calls and Zoom calls and stuff like that. Like, I do them a lot right now because that's what we do. And I've always done them a lot because, like, so many of my friends, like Joe and Tony, live far away. Who?
2: I don't know. These people with bad opinions. Well, one, um, one yeah. of them with bad opinions. The other one is fine.
3: <laughs> but she's not defensive. Um, Wait, the, one, the one with good opinions is the one who doesn't listen to the
2: show. <laughs> Honestly, also a good decision. That's how decision. I keep my opinions, Pierre. Exactly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it does feel different now that we're not in the same room and like it's harder to feed off energy because the energy doesn't really travel hmm Through the internet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and it's also just a matter of, like, Joe. trying to be, con- like, trying to, you know, balance conciseness with, like, the literal thing we're doing and also the fun parts of it. But, yeah.
1: Brie. Uh-huh. Um, would it make you feel better... If I criticized Chris,
2: I would love for some. you to criticize Chris. But I really like some of the defensive is criticized. Ass- <laughs> no, like like truly, a Did lot I of this defensiveness say. is like put upon defensiveness because I'm bad cop. That's what I do. Um, right. So I mean, right. please criticize go, go Chris, ahead. but because Joe. you because Chris deserves to be criticized and not because I need to feel better because I feel fine.
3: Joe, go ahead, yeah. do your worst, but just know that anything that you say is transphobic.
1: okay here we go number one uh, Chris pauses so much I do
4: (laughs) and And I got better at editing out I got
2: better at editing it out because last season I was lambasted for being lazy at editing which I was being lazy at editing because I hate editing (laughs) I truly hate editing more than anything else in the world Um, and Joe I want you to know season three is the most edited version of Burn Noticed and there's still that many pauses
0: do you know what I've noticed that though
1: yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: That's more edited.
0: Yeah, or I—it's I, not like I sat there and I was like, "This is way more edited." But it, the the
2: clip, like the pace of it, like is noticeably
0: better.
1: Yeah. So kudos.
2: Ugh. That uh, means that so I have yeah. to keep working hard, you guys. I can't believe you've done this uh-huh. to
4: me. <laughs> uh, you Chris just got says, validation. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I no,
1: validation. No. Yeah, I know. Validation that requires yeah, me to work down.
2: harder. I hate it.
1: And lastly, Chris, stop fucking mentioning The Wire. It's not a real show.
0: It's not a real show. It does not exist. We can't keep encouraging these delusions.
3: I respect your feedback.
1: (laughs) I think that's it.
0: I think it's funny Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how the show always opens with how they do not accept any criticism. But y'all that's... are clearly so thirsty for it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Bree, do you think Chris's reactions to Burn Notice has affected your relationship to the show?
2: I don't think so. Because I, I really like it when Chris likes an episode. Because it means that she'll keep doing the podcast with me. Because like, what I was honestly most worried about, especially at the beginning of season three, when Chris was like, do you think Burn Notice has peaked? Uh, was like fuck. Is Chris really gonna do another four seasons of this show with me if the if the episodes have peaked in season three? So I, for the really record, liked. yes. <laughs> it would have been a lot harder sell. Um, so yeah, I no. Make,
3: I... When I make a commitment, I make it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, but this it, is why
3: I don't make a lot of commitments.
2: <laughs> I just didn't want you to ever have to be like, yeah, I guess we can do burn notice. Like we joke about, like, oh god, we got to watch burn notice again. But like, I I like doing this show. I as annoying as editing it is, you know, as annoying as like the technical aspects are sometimes. Like I really enjoy doing this show. I like talking to Chris about television and recording it and having random strangers tweet at us sometimes lovingly, sometimes concerned or angry. Um, and then lighting Twitter on fire for a little while. And then have Chris text me like, Brie, what are you doing on Twitter? What have you done? Stop this. (laughs) I love all of that. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, no, I don't, I don't think it has changed my relationship in any significant way. I liked the show less because I now analyze it and so certainly that affects the viewability of a television show when you're like analyzing it and picking it apart but that has nothing to do with Chris or Chris's opinions of the show.
3: My opinions so. do not matter.
1: Nope. Uh, my next question is Chris mm-hmm. do you think your transitioning has affected your relationship to Burn Noticed?
3: You know I think it's too early to say. Yeah? Probably not. But you never know. I do think it's changed my relationship with media overall.
4: That
2: was I was going to ask a follow-up yeah. about media overall. Can you talk about that?
3: I mean... I only care about Burn Notice. Uh-
2: <laughs> Burn Notice is the only piece of media that exists.
3: It's interesting because I'm probably going to go into it in this piece that I'm writing that will be up by the time... This episode goes out, but I have not written yet.
2: Okay. Ha- so, yeah, has it subscribe your to, Christian to The Wire?
3: <laughs> I mean, yes, I love it more. It's not real, <laughs> Tony. Do you have any questions?
0: Uh, I have some Twitter questions that I'm gonna read while I try to think of other questions. How about that?
3: I, I will say really quickly uh, before we get mm-hmm. into that short version of this. I think I tend to be less obsessive about media than I used to.
4: Obsessive um, in what? Because
3: where, like, like I know literally everything about Doctor Who. Sure.
2: <laughs>
3: and like, I I feel less of a need to do that because I think I think I very much used to define myself largely by my relationship to media because I didn't have any other way to define myself and I have less of a need for that now.
2: To, like, run away from your own inherent identity.
3: Yeah, or just feeling like that... Some of that comes from age. I didn't though. know what it was.
2: Not, not to not. to I mean, evaluate, some of it's obviously. that, too. But I... Because, I, like, I've noticed that in myself. Like, I've certainly gotten less... Obsessive, at least long term. Like I have more short term obsessions, and then I move on. Um, but yeah, I can see that being a thing. That's interesting. I'm sad you'll never get a chance to get obsessed with Burn notice, truly in the way that it deserves. But you know, you
0: can't. Well, what were the see.
1: questions that uh, the Twitter users? By that I mean Twitter. Twitter user <laughs> uh, Finn Delta Fox Trot. Is that LL or II? I don't know. Oh, Delta Foxtrot 2, right? You skipped the first question. Yeah,
0: but it's not related to Brie and Chris, and so yeah, but I'm less interested in it. All I, right. I still want to know the
1: well, answer. Well, you can
0: read it then. <laughs> okay,
1: uh, this is from Finn. Uh, as I understand it, Fee is a criminal and lives off the grid. So as part of the Fee and Michael tension of season three that she didn't understand that wasn't something Michael wanted to do He wanted to clear his name from the burn notice and saw the CIA as the way to do that. Was that a question? That had a
0: question mark at the end.
1: Yeah. Was it that, do you think that was part of the tension?
2: I don't think so. I feel like Fiona was under no illusions that Michael- Michael didn't
1: want to be a criminal.
2: I, yeah, I think it was less that Michael didn't want to be a criminal, quote unquote, because I don't even think that's really the thing that Michael's upset about. I think what Fee didn't understand is that, allegedly, the reason Michael Weston wants to get back into the CIA is because he wants to do good and help people. And she's like, but we're literally doing good and helping people right now in our current situation. So if that is your premise, then you don't need the CIA, and we don't need to go through this and like help bad people. Like We can just continue on as we're going. Um, And Michael's tension is that he wants, like, he misses his toys and his desk and, like, the um, organizational support that comes from being a part of a larger system that he believes in, despite it being the U.S. government. And God knows you can't trust the U.S. government.
1: Right. That, it feels like that has been a theme of the show for a while, not just this season. Do you think it'll ever stop being a thing of him trying to get back? Because I wish
3: it would. Like
0: he could just join. the. Do you remember?
3: Yeah. You've watched a bit of this. Bree, do you remember if it stops being a thing? I don't.
2: I feel like it'll eventually have to just because like, how long could that possibly go on? I think with the addition of Jesse, things seasons, will change a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I think i i read a quote from someone i think one of our followers on twitter actually I, like they were watching a later episode of the show where it looks like at some point michael gets his own cia team and i'm not sure if that's like because he's back in or because he's like a freelancer <laughs> like so i don't know it's like a random sort of spoiler but like who cares it's burn notice
3: interesting
2: um chris I, and
1: i made the same face to that though we did like,
2: what? So I don't know. I Like, um, his relationship to the U.S. government ha- is always going to be a thing because the show was called Burn Notice. And I think that they are a little bit more married to that uh, than, like, New Girl was married to its own plot. And, like, The Good Wife was married to its, like, title plot. Like, I think that it, Michael Weston will always have a complicated relationship with the U.S. government in one way or another.
3: That makes sense. I will say that aspect of Fiona, going back to the Fiona bit, wasn't really there. But I kind of wish it was. Yeah. They actually did a really weird thing with Fee this season where they were playing her as the moral center of the show, which I don't dislike. But also they were doing it in a way that seemed to ignore the fact that she was, in fact, a criminal.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And it would be like, no, you do crime. You. She would get very mad at Michael for doing, like, anything slightly bad and it's like you do crime, you sell guns to people.
2: Mm-hmm. They, yeah, it
3: they're going to murder people with those guns. You don't know who they're going to murder.
2: Yeah, I I feel like if if few is going to be the moral center of the group, then they either needed to have her, you know, Get away from her life of crime or fully buy into it. Because I think that there is an interesting sort of exploration that could have happened where like Fiona as a criminal is like, I know my place in the world, but I, you know, do my research and like only sell guns to these bad guys. Or like, you know, she could have gone all the way in and almost become like. A villain who's on our side sort of a thing where she's like, I fully recognize that I'm breaking the law. The law is not interesting to me. Like, I'm not lawful aligned at all. uh, But I do my best to make sure that like, I'm taken care of, you know, looking after number one, and also that I am as ethical as I can be with my lack of ethics, you know, like, I feel like they could have gone a lot further with making her a real crime girl. Um, But also still somehow the moral center of the group, because she's like, I'm not concerned with institutions like the CIA can eat my ass. Michael, let's (laughs) keep doing good work and selling guns. And I think that that could have been a really fun and interesting thing where, like, she is sort of the de facto moral center, because at least she has an ethical system and not isn't like obsessed with just status and getting back into a system that makes sense. She's like, no, I make my own system. That could have been really cool. But unfortunately, they are not that nuanced.
1: Not a part of your system, man. Do you want to read the next question?
2: Yeah, because we kind of talked about it a little bit. It's
0: have either of the hosts actually finished the show at any point in the past, or will there be a point at which both hosts will be going in blind?
2: Yeah, neither of us have seen the end of it. I've watched, I think, more than Chris, and I've certainly watched it more recently, because Chris, you only watched it when it came out, right? You never watched it on like Hulu or anything?
3: No, the idea of me watching Burn Notice again was horrifying. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I've at least allegedly seen through season five or six because I have found tweets from myself 10 years ago that referenced the, the television show Burn Notice. I think it was still airing at the time that I was re-watching it, like the early seasons, because I'd seen it on TV a little bit when my mom was watching it when I was a teenager. Then I went to college and started re-watching it because it was on, I think it was on Netflix at the time, um, and obviously now it's on Hulu. And then I stopped either when I caught up or when I got bored. <laughs> Um, because the show wasn't <laughs> over yet. So I couldn't have finished it the second time I was rewatching it. So this is my technically fourth rewatch because I started rewatching it right before I had the idea for burn comma noticed. Uh, and then I stopped rewatching it so that I could, you know, refresh it. So I've seen the first season and a half, four times. Um, and then I've seen seasons like four and beyond only once and it was a long time ago. So functionally I think Chris and I are going into this next season blind. And and from then on. Sorry.
1: Are we ready for the last question from the Twitter?
2: Yeah. Person? If you
0: had to pick a former crime guy of the week to make the client of the week, who would you want and what's the story you'd what's the story you'd write them in?
1: And it, specifically it's the client is still a crime person, it's not a recast, it is the same character.
2: Yeah, so like if Brennan became the client of the week, which I would love because I think Brennan's I mean, very fine. That's
3: that sort of happened.
2: Exactly. That that was that was what I was gonna say. Yeah, um, exactly.
3: And obviously we can't both be- putting aside Lucy Lawless.
2: Uh, but I don't want to put aside Lucy Lawless.
3: I mean Bring her the back show from the did dead somehow. But I'm just saying that like she- we'll both say Lucy Lawless and then we won't have like Interesting. Yeah, answer. I also so feel really... like
2: we've done the the riff on what would we want with Lucy Lawless coming back, and it's
4: exactly we want her to we, be Larry yeah. Sizemore.
2: Exactly. <laughs> uh, who else? What are what are other crime guys that have not been killed either by associates or taken into custody? It
3: was a good crime guy. Um... I feel like
2: maybe if Carla was written better, Carla might be have been interesting. Yeah. Like if she wasn't killed at the end of season two, but like came back. Uh, like like was fired from by management and was like on the run and Michael had to like help her set up a life or something like away from management and he like learns about her backstory and is like oh you were also in a bad situation we were we were both acting from places of weakness so now yeah sure I'll help you escape that might be interesting. I would be
3: into that I'd also love to just see a sequel to was it uh, Partners in Crime is that the name of the episode
2: Oh yeah the guy with his greyhounds the, the yeah
3: because that's my favorite episode of the show so let's just bring him back
2: that's true that's 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 definitely a good one
1: I would bring
3: back Seymour just for anything oh yeah Seymour I don't know if
2: Seymour is ever technically a crime guy though like he's a crime not guy C-more. but he's a crime guy but he's not an
3: antagonist crime guy yeah.
2: yeah exactly but I agree right. where is Seymour hashtag bring back Seymour
4: <laughs> Yeah, I want to see more Seymour
3: Oh, actually, here's a thing. And this might um, segue us into our next topic. OK, well, not actually, no, not necessarily, but it kind of does <laughs> it's
2: a hell of a segue.
3: I wouldn't mind seeing <laughs> this. Is, this that... is the bullshit
1: Chris does that needs to be <laughs> tightened up. <laughs> right. I do
2: my best but then she won't say like the transition word, so i'll have to leave it all in otherwise there will be like this bizarre time jump and you're like can I say? are you saying this really bad
3: at transitioning <laughs> that's can i say it really quickly i'm trying to avoid doing that and that's why i pause <laughs> the pause is to think about how to say the thing Which is why I pause more than I used to. Not that I'm defensive.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, Chris, what were you gonna say? What what pitch for bad? I guy would not to... mind
3: seeing the guy from the Fiona episode, the emotional one. The
2: the the environmental emotional Yeah, The case. environmental
3: guy. He was a good actor. He was fun. Um, and I was saying that as a segue because that was an episode that we disagreed on.
2: Mm-hmm. No no that um, wasn't the one that wasn't But I mean, it wasn't I, the one. Sure. Okay. I
3: Yeah, I know. I went through the same thing you just went through and you heard me do it.
2: Okay, I see, I oh. see, I see. Actually, Chris, I uh, like that answer because I think that whatever the hell that guy's name was would be fun because he was like almost the client of he was kind of the client of the week that week in so far as they agreed with his like the problem that he was trying to solve but not his solution and i feel like a person like that once his problem is solved which like by the end of the episode it kind of has been because fiona you know threatened the scientist to become a whistleblower uh i feel like once he gets out of prison or whatever like he would have some other thing like diatribe to go on but he's like so emotionally unstable that like most of the episode is just them managing him and that could be really fun i like that answer no it would
3: be yeah, because that was a really kind of off-brand episode in general. I liked mm-hmm. it a lot. I think partially because of that. Um, which is probably why I liked the other episode that we disagree on. That's a segue.
2: There it is. <laughs> you did it.
1: Alright, is it time for me to solve your dilemmas? Yes.
2: Yeah,
3: so we have an okay. episode that we disagree on as being a great episode of television and it's messing with our Excel spreadsheet.
2: Yes. <laughs> It's, okay. epis- it's season three, episode nine. It was written by Craig O'Neill. Uh, it was not a great episode of Burn Notice. Um, so definitively. Definitively was not. There were no yogurts at all. Not a single yogurt to be seen. A real no-gurt, if you know what I'm saying. And it is. Did Tony come up with no-gurt? No, I came up with no-gurt. No, that was
3: 100% a pre original.
2: And then Tony oh, liked yeah. it. See, Tony approved of it. Chris hated it.
3: <laughs> I've come around
2: know. Oh, okay, I remember now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Should I- Would it help- It's a
1: no-shogurt. That's worse. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's no, so I much think worse. That you're making
2: it worse. I'm going to yeah. really quickly read the IMDb recap of this episode just to get everybody back- into the swing of things, if you've forgotten which episode we're talking about, so it's long way back. Uh, Michael is about to get his name cleared at the agency, but Fee is leaving him to return to Ireland. However, their plans are interrupted when Fee's brother arrives with news that an enemy is in Miami with plans to kill Fee.
3: So,
1: what was the dilemma?
3: I wanted to call it a great episode of television. Bree did not.
1: What was the arguments?
3: I really liked the character storytelling in it. I it felt like the show was tracking Michael's emotions in a way that was better. I thought a lot of the set pieces worked really well and it actually was able to tie the ongoing bad guy plot arc to like Michael and Fiona's arc and reframe it and make it be about that in a way that the show frequently seems incapable of doing and it allowed them to actually kind of make an informed character choice that was a plot choice that was shooting that guy. And the whole episode was kind of about that in a way that Burn Notice episodes don't get to be generally.
2: So on on my side, I don't necessarily disagree with anything Chris just said, but I don't think that the episode is good. So my problems are largely structural. um, And in recapping that episode, Like, what I was struck by was the lack of scenes. Like, every scene was so short. It was like, they go to a place, they spend 30 seconds there, and then they go to a new place and spend 30 seconds there, and they go to another place and spend 30 seconds there. So there was a lot of, it was very, it felt very choppy to me, just because, like, nothing really of note seemed to happen. And, like, for being an episode where they finally had an alignment between character arc and like episode arc they didn't seem interested in really spending time in that also fiona's brother the whole time made absolutely no fucking sense to me and like his resolution by the end of like you've been lying to all of us and put my sister in danger yeah but you're a good guy and also getting shot up so insanely and then living and being absolutely fine whereas fiona like scratched her knee or something and was out for like two episodes what the fuck was that Like, I wanted to like that episode. I had fun with it. There was a car that drove off a roof. That was fun. There was people with actual Irish accents and Michael's terrible one. That was fun. (laughs) But I don't think that the episode as a whole was constructed well. I feel like the pacing was not there and they didn't actually let us live in any scenes. And, like, these performers, for as much as I used to think like couldn't are absolutely capable of carrying emotional scenes that are slow but i feel like the show only it really allows that to happen when it's michael and his mom and that's great because i love madeline but i feel like michael and fiona scenes are always forced and frequently very short and so I didn't feel emotionally or structurally satisfied by this episode and while it was fun and there was a lot of fun set pieces I don't think that it works cohesively as a full great episode of television. Certainly not in comparison to other episodes that we have similarly rated great episodes of television.
1: All right. Tony, you want to give a demo? I agree with Chris.
2: Once again, <laughs> Joe Heath. Wrong. I,
0: here's, okay, here's You're what I are really,
2: starting to come across as very biased. I mean, <laughs> I, mean,
4: I said that. No!
2: Joe just really here's doesn't want to be transphobic, and, like, I applaud him for that. <laughs> but sometimes it's called for.
3: Here's, here's-, here's I'm Sometimes transphobia <laughs> is called for. Bree Castellini. <laughs> Brie
4: Castellini. <laughs> See,
1: here's, she already said you were bad at transitioning, so. Yeah. Uh, so, oh. here's-, here's 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 my reasoning behind why I agree with Chris, uh, and I see what you're saying, Bree. But I feel like that's nearly every episode of Burn Notice. So whenever it does anything that is like it was the one of the few times that I was like invested in the story uh, was that particular episode. I thought specifically the scene where he shoots. Strickland was God, that's amazing. His
3: name. I mean, it's Strickler, but
4: I heard Strickler, <laughs> yeah. whatever. But
3: like, but also, I had totally forgot what his name was. So,
2: oh yeah, that was because the other I thing. I don't feel like that moment was bought at all because Strickler had done literally. That's the only episode Strickler is useful in, and I don't think that's enough to make that whole catharsis feel earned.
1: I I think it does because I it's it's not about Strickler; it's about Michael and Fee. So, like, that worked for me. Like, that was the only time I was like, oh shit! He did a thing because of of character reasons. So, I fully, I'm fully on board with that episode. I also so, think that,
3: like, the episode...
1: As much as I can be. As much
3: as you can be. I also think that the scenes, while they were kind of short, had a lot of nice little color in them and... I, mean, I thought I was, it was paced pretty well.
1: I don't fully remember the whole episode because it's been a while, but um, I rem- I remember the highlights, you know. And yeah. like, there's some uh, some of these episodes I don't remember at all. So like, remembering those moments and like how I felt about like actually feeling something—it's happened more than just that episode. But um, yeah, like and like you said, him driving the car off the thing—that yeah, was very fun. fun.
3: I also so, really like. There is a scene. I thought it was a really tense scene where we weren't sure if like Michael was going to get shot because like V's brother was kind of a loose cannon. I thought the construction mm. of that oh, scene yeah. the, uh, worked really with well. With
1: uh, the sniper. With the, the, the laser. With the sniper. Yeah. And I, I thought it was yeah. really
3: interesting that Bree didn't feel the same way. Because mm-hmm. later in the Larry Sizemore episode, there was a very similar scene that I also did not care about at all, but you thought was very compelling. And I think it's interesting how that worked out.
2: Which scene, it's like wait, there's wait, been wait, a which, dynamic shift. Which scene was in Larry Sizemore that was similar to the sniper one?
3: There's one where, like, Michael has a gun on Larry because Larry's wow. going to kill that magician or whatever.
2: I think you're mistaking yeah. it for the first time Larry comes up, where Michael is on the roof and is a sniper shot, and his shit No, no,
3: I'm not... I don't... I'm not saying that there was a sniper involved.
2: Oh, okay.
3: I'm saying that there was a tense standoff in which someone could have been killed.
2: I don't know if I agree that I would compare those scenes. Um, Also, I like... We'd seen Larry before, so like it felt more motivated, whereas Fiona's brother just comes out of nowhere and is like, this guy's got a great Irish accent and, you know, is just sort of there and invincible for some reason. I will also say I would be curious if we had a time machine to go back and have Chris be the one having to recap that scene, because a lot of the structural stuff I probably wouldn't have noticed had I not been actively recapping it. Um, Because Chris just had to watch Mm -hmm. that episode. And Joe, you just had to watch that episode. I had to write down the step-by-step how we got from place to place and the structural problems become a lot clearer there. And I'm not saying that that necessarily means that in order to determine if a television episode is great, you have to painstakingly recap it because that's the only way you can tell because I do agree that sometimes you just need to feel things emotionally. So I would be curious kind of on both ends, a having Chris recap it to see if she would feel the same way upon first watch and for me to be just watching it. If our opinions would be reversed, I wonder how much, Much of it is just a a, like related to the nature of a recap podcast, so we we agreed that Joe would break the tie, and even though I strongly disagree with the outcome, uh, I have officially changed it, which means that officially we have our season two ratings or season three ratings. Jesus Christ! So we have twelve of the episodes were episodes of television. Four of them were great, which is exactly the same rating as season two.
1: I remember there was another episode where you guys were like, I wonder what Joe's opinion is of this, which was the, I think the, the, the guy, the episode that's more of a fee episode where he's sort of.
2: That was the one that we were talking unhinged. about. Um, yeah,
3: we were talking yeah, about that. Earlier.
1: One. Yeah. And on that one, I honestly didn't care either way.
3: <laughs> so oh, I it's no, fine. We I have, had no opinion we ended in the same place on that one so it was fine so that's that's good Um, all right are we ready for your thing tony
0: yeah so
3: the challenge
0: the challenge i am willing to watch an episode of burn notice if you can convince me right now
2: Uh, convince you on a particular uh episode or on the yeah i think
0: Like, ideally, you could pick the episode, and then if it's good enough, I'll maybe watch a second episode.
2: (laughs) I mean, I don't know how comfortable I feel convincing you to watch the television show *Burn Notice, just like, first of all.
3: Wait, I feel like I heard two different things. I heard two different challenges there.
2: Well, I think Tony is assuming that we, if we convince, that we, our long game is to get her to watch the full show, which is incorrect. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's an incorrect premise um i think i think chris and i will agree that the two the, the two episodes that we could choose from for you to watch would be bad breaks or um the other one with the with our boy
3: uh i think it's partners in crime
2: partner yeah partners in crime or bad breaks i bet tony would probably like partners in crime better, i think so too or-
3: Oh no! It's fearless um, leader.
2: It's fearless leader. Fearless leader.
3: No, partners in crime is the other one that's like not good. Partners in crime might man, be uh,
2: the yeah. Partners in crime is the is the Michael Horowitz one that we don't like. Got it. Oh man, my whole plan here was just trying to try and get you guys to say nice things about Bird Notice, and it is not going great. <laughs> oh, well, I mean... again, some of this is the comedy of it because you know. All of us are uniform at best. we're
3: going to say nice things about episodes that we've already said very nice things about. Sure. Um, yeah, we, we are but yeah, right. Tony didn't listen to them.
2: Yeah. So, Fearless <laughs> Leader fair. versus Bad Breaks. Chris, would you disagree that these are the two that we would be choosing from?
3: No, obviously those are the two.
2: Sure. So...
3: I would... Go.
2: No, no, you know Tony better, so I want you to start, and I will comment. I was going
3: to say, there. I kind of agree that it might be better to show Tony Fearless Leader... Partially because we've already talked about bad breaks a lot, and I know that Joe has explained bad breaks to Tony, and then Tony was like, "That sounds like a worse episode of Leverage." Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and Leverage
1: does do the exact same episode, but way more interesting.
3: Exactly. Well, I mean, so that's the, the premise feel, of
2: Leverage is that episode basically. <laughs> so
3: like, exactly, and so I feel like. Showing her that episode, even though it is, like, probably, almost certainly the best episode of Burn Notice up to this point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Has Mark Shepard in it.
3: And it has Mark Shepard in it.
1: And it's a banger. It's,
3: it's a bank.
0: All of those things are Mark Sant's favorite.
1: <laughs> it's too bad there's no episode of Burn Notice where they, they all get shrunk. <laughs> yeah, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, that'd be a home run. Um, but, but yeah, Fearless
3: Leader, however, is very cute.
2: Mm-hmm. I and it feels more like a. Bonus I don't.
1: Episode. I don't remember what episode that is.
3: That is the one wherein Michael and Co have to pretend to be like a new crew that are kind of apprenticing under this other guy who's. Yes,
1: that one is pretty good.
3: A little dumb, but like a sweetheart.
2: Mm-hmm. He's a crime guy An who turns out to be a Absolute
3: sweetheart. sweetheart and. Like all of them are pretending to be like two bit crime guys and they have to pretend like they don't know more about crime than him. While and
1: do good things while being like, oh, it's, that was just an idea I had. You're the boss. You're, you're doing great. Yeah, yeah. It's a
2: very wholesome, encouraging thing, and I I think honestly you get more out of it on a leverage side of things from that episode than you would the bank heist one because like the reason that bad breaks is a worst episode of leverage is not because it's a bad episode of television but because what leverage does really right is get the ensemble together and the ensemble is really fucking fun like the time that the leverage crew you know crashes a, a wedding party and like Elliot's in the kitchen making hors d'oeuvres and also trying to like kill somebody you know like that's what the fun part of leverage is and that just doesn't that kind of ensemble doesn't really exist in burn Notice. a because there's only three people so it's hard to have that level of wackiness with only three primary you know heisters um and so it's still like a fun heist and you know thwarting but what you would like out of leverage is not the thwarting necessarily. It's the characters doing the thwarting and having goofs. The only thing I will say against Fearless Leader is that it might make slightly less sense out of context. Although I guess Tony has heard us talk about Bernice enough that maybe she generally gets what's happening. But like uh, Bad Breaks kind of exists outside of continuity. Like technically there's a plot thing happening in it, but it pretty much stands Although, alone.
3: Although Bad Breaks does also require that you kind of are familiar with the bad guy, or not the bad guy, but, like, not Mark Shepard, but the guy that Michael is with.
2: The Only Hitler barely, though, because he pretty clearly, like, states, like, hey, you blackmailed me, but fuck you. <laughs> um, right. And and it's I fine. feel like Fearless Leader has slightly more, because that's the episode. The reason that they're working with this crime guy is because the detective that's after them is, like, On their asses, and they're like, "What if we help her so we can get her off our asses?"
3: Was that the episode that was? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the last passion
2: episode. Doesn't matter. It's because it's finally the episode where they get her off his back.
3: There is a B plot in it that is equally cute. Sam gets audited.
2: Yeah, Sam does get audited. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I would. I I would agree.
3: I'm saying it, and it doesn't sound cute, Tony.
0: Yeah, it sure doesn't. But see, but that's... He
1: thinks he's going, the going to be Don't
3: available. spoil it, though. All right. Because gonna say, Tony's no, going to no. watch that episode. All right.
0: If you guys have done a good enough job convincing me. Yeah,
2: okay. Yeah. So this is an episode that's extremely cute. It actually kind of has a leverage energy. But, like, if instead of have, uh, uh, but, uh, well, not even if I'm pretty sure there are leverage episodes where part of the con is them like pretending that they work for someone who's worse at crime than them, but that like they need to feel like is succeeding. And so it's like that, like they're conning someone by making them feel good. And ultimately it ends really wholesomely. And there is a subplot about family and auditing and, uh, alcohol (laughs) it's really good
0: i'm intrigued i think i'll watch it
3: really oh yeah i think it is my it is my personal favorite episode of burn notice
0: i will watch an episode of Burn notice
3: oh shit all right and then we'll find out about it in a season
2: (laughs) (laughs) so just you wait guys if this rambling Question. mess of a bonus episode hasn't convinced you to come back next year, I don't know what will.
1: <laughs> if, if you like that episode, yeah. will you watch more?
0: That's very up in the air and seems
2: unlikely. You should not. Because right. knowing what I know about Tony's tastes and interests, I don't think she will like Burn Notice. But I think she will like this episode. And I don't want to go on record saying, this will be the gateway drug to get you to become a burn daddy. Like, no, you're not going to like Burn Notice as a show. Um, And this episode, the reason that we were able to call it out so quickly is because it's like one of the really good episodes that is divorced from needing to be a Burn Notice episode. And that's not to say that I wouldn't recommend Burn Notice to other people. Yeah, it's very much not on brand for Burn Notice. But, like, I want to make very clear, like, we've, you know, we've had some fun here today, folks. I really do like Burn Notice as a television show. I am under no illusions that it is a great television show. It is a procedural. And very few procedurals, if any, are truly great television shows. Even the ones that, like, you know, have lasted for years and years and that people love. Like, it's a procedural television show. And at the end of the day, like, that's what it is, even if it's a very good version of it. But I enjoy watching Burn Notice. I find the characters fun, even when they are infuriating. I enjoy their antics. I enjoy the spy tips when they are practical. I still use them in day-to-day life, less now that I don't go out into public. But, you know. Um, and, uh, and I have a good time watching it and talking about it with my buds. So as hard as we are on this show, <laughs> I really do like it. And I like making Burn Noticed and Burn Notice Noticed notices Burn Noticed recap bonus episode combo
4: I think and it's I okay two-
2: <laughs> <laughs> also,
3: I, I want to final say questions one more thing no. before you do that like if you did watch Fearless Leader and did, did want to watch another one you should watch Bad Breaks because it is really fun but also Tony might like the one where Michael's mom makes a friend
2: oh that is I really no, and I like that episode more than you did
3: yeah and I do like that episode
2: it, yeah it yeah. was very good Um, I don't remember which one that is, so I'll I'll Tony, if you're curious, that would be another one that I would recommend.
0: Okay. I do like that your criteria seems to be which ones are the most wholesome.
3: (laughs) I mean, that episode is well you'll see. No, you won't see, (laughs) but you might see.
0: right.
1: So my two final questions. Uh number one. Uh what do you two want to see from season four? a burn notice. What are you hoping for?
3: I want it to be better. <laughs> uh I want it to do more weird things. Hmm. It won't, but I want it to.
2: Yeah. Some of our We don't
3: know episodes. that there's not an episode where they get shrunk down. <laughs> we don't actually know that. So that's what I'm going to be looking for.
2: Sure. Funny <laughs> I shrunk the burn notice. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited that Jesse is joining the cast. Um, Jesse is a fourth character, Tony, who becomes a, like, fourth lead who joins the cast this season and I'm excited for that only because I think it will make the dynamic more interesting because at this point, the Michael Fee Sam dynamic is kind of where it is. Occasionally Sam and Fee bicker because they are kind of two sides of the same coin, but you know, have slightly differing opinions on things. Um, And Michael is also there. And like, there's only so much you can really do with that dynamic. Like nothing changes. Now that Michael and V are like together, that's just like happening. And Sam is there. So it's like one of them is always also there, and like there doesn't there there's not as much stuff happening in like the characters, which makes it hard to evolve because like the way that procedurals stay relevant is not that they keep having episodes where they solve crimes, but that there is a reason for the characters to be doing new things. And clearly, plot isn't there strong suit so the plot is not enough to keep us watching what keeps us watching is the character dynamics and the character dynamics are settled so i am excited that jesse is coming in and hopefully throwing them off and hopefully adding a little more conflict to their main crew so that like it's not just the three people get together solve a crime and move on with their day But, like, perhaps there is more internal politics to the crime-fighting gang. And I'm I'm excited for that to happen.
3: Counterpoint? I remember Jesse being kind of boring.
2: So you haven't watched the show in a very long time. I haven't watched the show in a very long time. And I live in hope.
3: I remember him being, like, another Michael.
2: But at least now there are two of them. And that some and they they both technically are different people, so it creates conflict. I'm just saying that there isn't enough internal conflict anymore. Because like Maddie's on side, Michael and Fear are together, Sam is there.
3: <laughs> I
1: wish they would just have promoted promote Madeline to just permanent fourth member. I know, right? I'm just like, she's like, what are we doing this week, guys? That's
2: true. I don't think that's a season four thing, but I would love by the end of Burn Notice for Maddie to like either run something for them so it's not just like she brings in a client but like she is in charge of the operation um, and or she becomes like a regular go to con woman
1: Yes, but I don't know if
2: it would happen as quickly as season 4 but I feel like once they get to like 5 or 6 you know what else has Maddie got to do she's gotta run a job
1: right? what else can the writers come up with exactly Um, and my final question When are we going to do Leveraged?
2: At the (laughs) end of Burn Notice. Chris is not allowed to watch Leverage until we're done watching Burn Notice because she will not want to watch Burn Notice anymore.
1: (laughs) I think we should all, uh, yes, after Burn Notice is done in seven years. Uh,
2: (laughs) I mean, we've made it it through three seasons in one year. So, like, we're making decent Uh, progress.
3: Has it only been one year?
2: mm -hmm, Our one year anniversary was, like, mid-July.
3: That oh, seems nice. wild. Wow. Mm-hmm.
2: Congrats. I mean, we were recording it around, like, March, April, because that was when Sam and Pat was premiering. Um, and once we finished doing Brie and Chris are depressed, we started doing Burn Noticed.
1: I think because Leverage is a, a, a more ensemble show, that we would do Leverage, all four of us, as a big ensemble podcast.
2: So wait. We'd re- need one other person. Really quickly. Yeah. Are we? I was assuming that Leveraged would be like the bonus episode we release at the end of Burn Noticed. Are you proposing we do a full rewatch podcast of Leverage? Because I cannot commit to that right now. (laughs) Maybe when we're done with Burn Notice, we can discuss it. But that seems like a wild thing to try and do.
3: Joe, yes, that is exactly what I'm proposing. Is that you proposed it genuinely? Now that's not how this works. What you do is that we joke about oh, it for the entire run of the podcast. Did you
1: catch that, that running gag I set up? I, I set that running gag up. Did you? Did you get
4: that? And then at I the did. end
3: of it, we've said it so many times that we have to do it. Right. That's how this yes. works. That's how Burn noticed happened.
1: Hey guys, wouldn't it be fun if we did Leverage? <laughs> It'd be really funny. Yeah. Are there not,
2: not other gonna, leverage podcasts? Really I feel fine. like leverage is like a more popular show that probably has podcasts about it already. Oh, I'm I sure it does. But I think it does, like, yeah, think no, it does matter do it. because, like, like the reason that we no
1: because no one cares about. Uh, the show they care about the people doing the yeah, show. Yeah, but who
2: cares about? First of all, I would argue that for burn notice, at least nobody gives a shit about Chris and I. <laughs> like of our listenership, I do though. I want to podcast. But we're we friends. friends. We can all. just watch Leverage yeah. together, Joe. We don't have to have a podcast. Also, yeah, Tony has said should. that
3: to Joe so many times.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay,
0: yes, Constantly. but
1: Tony has Constantly. also been hardcore pitching Leverage.
0: It's true. I would enjoy doing it, I but I would just like to watch Leverage with everybody. <laughs> yeah. That's also see, true. the podcast isn't a necessary aspect
2: of it.
1: Yeah, but we, we might as well.
2: I mean, what? <laughs> so. Here's my other thing: is so as much as I love doing these bonus episodes with you guys, I think a four person podcast would be an absolute fucking nightmare. Um, like,
3: I mean, this one, this one has been. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, and that's, <laughs> that's, that's mean, obviously because- that we should not do this thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like I just I think that for people who are all in different places, even once Chris and I are back in the same place is going to be too hard just to manage. Like it's hard enough when you're all in the same room. Like I've done podcast interviews with like two or more guests and it has been a lot. It's like being on a panel. You know, someone's either either everyone's talking over each other or only one person is talking for like 20 minutes. And like I feel like that's really hard in podcast form. You know, I hmm. I can't think of any non D and D podcast that I actively listen to where there are more than three hosts. And a bam, bam, what?
1: No,
0: it's yeah, it's
2: three. only three. That's the see that's that's the thing. And even three, I think is three pushing it. but I but I like, there's a reason for that. It's just it's hard to all to like you know navigate that. So like I just feel like there's a fundamental flaw. Unfortunately, I would happily watch all of Leverage with you guys and meet up once a week to like chat about it. You know but I don't necessarily know if we need right. to do a podcast because I feel like at the point at which we're going to do another recap podcast, we should pick a show that is lesser known because otherwise like why do it? Like we're not famous enough personalities hand, yet to
3: people be. might not be looking for a show that's lesser known,
2: but I feel right. like that's what the niche is. Right. Cause it's like, Nobody gives a shit about us. And like, no one's like, what are Bree and Chris going to do next? Like, who knows? Maybe by the end of it, they do. But like in terms of viability uh, of like producing something, I feel like what sets us apart would be doing a podcast that no one else is doing because it's like the four of us could start an advice podcast there are so many advice podcasts and nobody cares about our advice. And it's, I would right. feel like the same thing there. It's like, what is the niche? You know, it's like, Oh, four of us talking about leverage, but like, what's the niche, right? Burn notice was barely a niche. And Cause Chris, like okay. while we were making jokes was like, Brie, why are we doing the burn notice podcast? What are we, like, what is the point of it? And I was like, I don't know. I think it's funny. And Chris was like, no, you have to think harder than that. Um, and she was right. Uh, we, we, didn't, but we did it anyways. But we were also like the only Burn Notice podcast for a couple of months. And it's it's always very funny when people are like, oh, you have a podcast? What's it about? Oh, the television show Burn Notice.
3: You know, that's how I say it every time.
2: <laughs> the television
0: show Burn Notice.
2: I do. I
0: do too. So if you get famous before yeah. Burn Notice is over, yeah. then I feel like we'll talk about it.
1: Okay. I'm working on it. So it'll I happen. I
2: am as well. We're, we're, and Chris has got a new subscription thing, newsletter thing. Who yeah.
4: knows? Yeah. Who
3: knows? I'm, we're doing all these gay podcasts.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah. I just feel like, like, yeah. cause I've been thinking about it theoretically too. Like, once Burn noticed us over, what podcast are Chris and I going to do? Cause we got to have a podcast. We have, got to have a podcast. We but. have big podcast energy. <laughs> 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 but like, and as, as, as easy as it is easy uh, like to just pick a show and do that because it's like perfect content we don't have to think about (laughs) or curate in any way it's like well what is new about it you know like what is the point
3: you know what would be really new new
1: would be we are on it and it's called leveraged
3: (laughs) (laughs) what if you and I Brie, watched every episode of classic Doctor Who (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> i don't think anyone's done that
4: yeah
3: before yeah. um anyway where can people find you guys
1: uh we do a podcast where we watch every episode of classic doctor who the watchathon of rassilon we're currently in the fifth doctor era we've been doing it for like five years or some
2: shit sure. yeah i was gonna say you've been doing it for five sure. years and you're only on the fifth doctor
1: there's a lot of series. there's a lot of, a lot of doctor who brie also, we don't drop episodes every week. We drop it episodes is a every
0: bi weekly week.
1: podcast. Yeah. And you can find that at WatchYourAssAlon.com. Uh what also I am my I make videos for mintypineapple.com and I write books with Chris Cherry and Ray Friesen and Vincent Yale. That's under the name JB Hivemind We've done Road Trippy and Princess and the Pterodactyls. Tony, what do you do?
0: Uh I produce television i produce a tv show called the unseen world um season two will be premiering soon mm-hmm. um but season one is up and you can watch it on demand at whenever you want on demand um at uh
1: watch heartland yeah you can
0: wa- you can go to WatchHeartlandTV tv and you can watch any episode you want um you can watch it on the roku at the heartland network channel and it's going to be available more places soon i am told cool
2: cool. Uh, as always links for this kind of stuff will be in the uh, podcast description and probably also on twitter uh we haven't shouted our twitter out yet but if you want to tweet at us uh, to give us compliments on this very good episode that will definitely make sense after I edit it for sure. Uh, you can find us at Burn Noticed Pod. It's Burn Noticed with a D. Or you can email us nice things at Burn Noticed Podcast at gmail.com.
3: Bree, you have anything Editing. you want to plug?
2: I don't really do anything outside of this right now. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, Joe already plugged the book. Plug. I mean, I guess if you you're interested series, in filmmaking.
2: You, we have. <laughs> like yeah. you can follow seed and spark because i read a lot of articles about crowdfunding and filmmaking and i do I'm, I'm semi-regular on our weekly events teaching about all manner of things be they social media or audience building or email list building and everything in between um so if you're interested in creating for a living you can follow seed and spark on twitter because they will tweet all of the relevant things that i do
3: as always, you can watch Relativity. That's fun. Mm-hmm. I made that. Watch Sam Sam, and Pat are depressed. We made that. I look like a boy in it, but it's okay. I think that's all the things that I have. And both of us, all four of us, can uh, thank Vincent Yale for our theme music.
1: And if you want that leverage podcast, <laughs> just tweet hashtag leveraged with a D.
2: And also give us a spin a for effort. it because otherwise, what's the fucking yeah. point?
3: Exactly. What's the fucking
1: point of anything nowadays?
3: Yeah. Uh, Vince's oh, music is at vincentel.bandcamp.com.
1: Uh, Vince does our theme song as well.
3: I know. That's what I was saying. All four of us.
1: Vince didn't make uh, the burn notice notice theme, but they the, they made the uh, Watcheth on a of Rassilon.
2: Thing. Well, that's not yeah. relevant here, is it?
1: Yeah. No. Not at all. <laughs>
3: Bye! Yeah!